0: Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job by any means possible, investing, being a freelancer, side hustles, starting a business, even being an actor. And today, I'm super excited to bring on an actor who's literally gonna show us how they went from being a teacher to become a successful actor so that he provides for himself and his family acting for a living it's super fantastic now let's jump into today's show all right let's do this All right, guys, it is absolutely possible for anyone to become an actor. And our show today, I'm actually interviewing somebody who is an actor who started out as a teacher and then learned how to become an actor and then figured out how to actually utilize his skills as an actor, get better, but then also get jobs. And that's one of the hardest things about becoming an actor, at least I'm assuming so, is to have somebody actually hire you to become an actor. And then you start working and working and working. And as an actor, you make a good amount of money. I have know some actors that they actually get paid like in one month enough for cover the entire year of expenses. So it's really fantastic to become an actor. And like I said, today's expert actually was a teacher, but then is now an expert. And I also want to share with you how you can invest in real estate because that's how I became successfully unemployed. And I want to show you how to do that I want to give you my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word RENTAL, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. RENTAL to 33777. And I will give you my real estate investing course absolutely for free so you can find an area of the country to invest anywhere in the country, no matter if you live a 1,000 miles away, to finding the right properties, making sure you're buying the properties right, building the business first, making sure that you have other people doing the work for you, and making sure that you make a minimum of $250 a month in passive income from every property. Now, let's jump into today's show where I interview Brian Chambers, who is an actor who's going to show us how we can also do it as well. All right, let's get into it. Brian, thank you so much for being on the
1: show. Well, thank you for having me, Dustin. Uh, I, I don't know if expert, that might be stretching it a little bit, but uh, definitely uh, I'm ai am a go-getter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love bringing on people who are just like normal everyday people, like your next door neighbor that's figured out a way to do it, not some, like you're really, somebody that's literally wrote the book and is making millions of dollars and all that sort of stuff. I just want, I want to make sure that everybody understands that anybody can do this. Anybody can figure out a way to not work for somebody else. And so bringing them just awesome people like you, plus I get to hang out with great people like you. So Brian, how do you make money to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead end J-O-B? Well, I'm a professional
1: actor. And so I do, I kind of freelance my own work actually and so I, I I audition and I choose jobs when and where I want to go. Uh, I also teach online English and I get to make my own schedule. Now it is for a company, but I'm an independent contractor, so I get to choose how many classes I want to teach when and where, and and I get to really have that flexibility. Uh, so I mean, those are the the main jobs. And then I actually have a third job, and it's uh, I'm a swim coach, and I I actually teach personally. Uh, I private, I work off for referrals, but I, I train triathlon swimmers for those that are very, like more of the upper level uh, competitive swimmers. And I also teach anyone from ages one or two years old, all the way up to adults on basic swimming strokes or how to
0: swim. That is super neat. So you have definitely di- different streams of income. So you've made sure that you have, like if the actor and directing and all that sort of stuff doesn't bring enough money you're, and you have time, you have other means to make money which is terrific. Now, were you doing something like a corporate job or working in something like trying to climb the corporate ladder or something before and then with that transition to what you're doing now, was that a lot of like nervousness to eventually quit and then go out on your own?
1: Well, I I was I I was working actually with the with the schools. I because uh, I, you know, as a teacher uh, essentially. And so I was working with private schools. Uh, mostly at the time, and i I was in and on the classroom side as well as the business side of it you know I worked in admissions and development uh, things like that and uh, it was definitely it, it was definitely i don 't want to say it was a struggle, but you had to deal with a lot more and you had to be willing to k- kind of accept a lot more with that you didn't have control over right It was just you know okay, this is how it 's got to be done because that's the way they want it, okay. I wouldn't necessarily do that. All right, you know, there was times when I was like, "Well, why did you hire me if you wanted it done exactly your way? If you didn't want any input from me, why am I here? Why that you could find a hundred people to do that job?" So that's where it started to kind of wear on me a little bit. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed the benefits of it. You know, you get like the health benefits and all the you know there are some pluses to it. But I was working, you know, any job like that. They always say it's 9 to 5, right, Dustin? But that that you know that's not true. When you're in those jobs, you can clock in and out 9 to 5, right? But you are putting in a lot more work outside of that. And it's it felt like, you know, okay, I'm punching in, right? And and that isn't productive for me. And on top of that, all the things that I wanted to do, I was still doing outside of work anyway. So, I was I felt like I was kind of exhausting myself and being in the, the schools specifically, especially on the business side of things, it is nonstop. I mean, you are, it's almost a six to seven day job a week. And, and, you know, I, I applaud teachers that work in the schools. They are vastly underpaid. I mean, they really are. And it takes a special person and, and you just have to, to love what you're doing to do that. And, and I think it's, it's great, but I, I love teaching, but I didn't like the setting that I was in and it wasn't necessarily about making, you know, being my own boss is, is wonderful, but it wasn't necessarily about doing that. It was about finding more flexibility for myself while being able to incorporate,
0: incorporate what I'm doing. And that makes a lot of sense. And when you said, and I really want to touch on this, when you said that teachers are definitely underpaid, I 100% agree, not in a sense where most people think, oh, yeah, just, you know, pay them more from the tax dollars and stuff like that. I believe that literally every single person, especially teachers, because they have a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, a lot of just gifting to help other people. If they were to take that, realize that their value is so much more than anybody could ever pay them and go and do something on their own, build their own business, teach people on your own, start your own school, whatever it might be, they're going to make so much more money because the value that they have is so much more than any school could ever pay them. So I 100% agree that everybody, everybody, literally everybody has so much more value than what they're getting paid. So, okay.
1: Well, hold on. Before we move on, hold on. Sorry to, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just want to jump in just a, one more thing because maybe this might lead you where you were going with this. But just by you saying that, it's really great to hear. But you're absolutely right because you think about what teachers have to be trained for today. It's not just to teach what they're in the classroom. They have to be, you have to be first aid certified. You have to have training in in so many different areas, you you know, these are teachers that are coaches. They are working on, you know, there's, it's just almost like the job description. You have to be the most versatile person on the face of the earth now to do this. And I, I think it's a little scary for some schools that they're putting so much On these teachers, and some of these teachers, like myself, will realize: well, I have so many other qualities to offer. I can utilize that in a completely different way. And and not to sound selfish, you know, but you could say: well, if I'm not happy or or there's not enough benefit for my way of living, then why am I why am I still doing this? You know, why can't I take some of those qualities and and form? you know, my own, like you said, your own business and find ways to do it. So I, I think it's really important to realize that teachers are required to do so much more than what we typically think of as a teacher.
0: And on top of that, when you think about because you, you said something that was very, very key was that, um, and people might think this, that it might be selfish to stop working for a school and do your own thing. Well, in fact, it actually is less selfish, in my opinion, even though you're gonna be making more money, if you did something like teach online. You can teach so many more people your value, the things that you can teach, how you can help people. It can reach so many more people because it's the scaling ability with the online, um, I guess, model. Instead of going to one class, we have 20 kids, 30 kids, or sometimes many more. You can actually have lots and lots of students. In fact, I teach real estate. That's what I love to do. I, I made my money through real estate. And so I just you know, I got time, let me give back. And so I teach people how to invest in real estate. I teach hundreds and hundreds of people how to invest in real estate, where if I had a class like at the, I don't know, uh, night adult classes, I'd be teaching maybe 15 people that actually wanted to show up. Now I've literally got hundreds and hundreds of people to teach. Okay, so let's move on. I really want to jump into your moving into acting like that is super awesome. I mean, that's just cool. And then you're acting and then directing and doing all this sort of stuff. So If I were to want to or anybody listening wanted to take literally the first step, like, do we have to move to California and live in Hollywood and start banging on doors? Like, what should we do to get started in acting?
1: I I love I love that you went right to to the Hollywood right there. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's everyone always thinks that they're like, oh, to be a professional actor, you have to go to New York or L.A. And they even say even Chicago a little bit, you know, because Chicago, you know, acting scene is actually incredible. And you can do that sure i didn't want to do that one because when i made the transition to become a full-time actor we had already established a life uh, you know here in houston we're in houston texas and you can still do regional work now people think okay well i need to get i have to join the union and get an equity card a sag card those help but it really depends what area you're at and 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 where you're living because there's so much in around the country as far as live theater, film, commercials, that you don't have to be in the union to do that. You have to be someone that is a go-getter. You have to be motivated to do it. I mean, that, that's number one. I mean, anyone that says, well, I want to act. It can't be just like, well, I, I think well, I can do this. That's you know? <laughs> literally
0: everything that's worthwhile to go after. You have to be motivated to do it. So I agree.
1: Yeah, that, and and a lot of people, they, they hit – a wall right away because you have to have a little bit of thick skin, right? It's a uh, kind of the, the job that you walk in and you have to be, you know, knock on what knock on 50 doors, maybe two or three answer, you know, that that's, that's kind of the job, but you absolutely can make a living, living around the country, working in regional theater, doing films, commercials. You don't have to be in Hollywood or New York. You, you know, think about that. If you're in Hollywood, New York, you know, LA and New York and Chicago and some of these larger cities where they're There happens to be a a lot of different or you say there are more avenues, I would say, in certain areas for um, opportunities that are just bigger um, than some areas of the country. But you have to also deal with the cost of living. And is that really why you want to be an actor? Now, if you're it it could be that may be what you're going after. Hey, more power to you. I love it. I it, it lights a fire. In me it gives me some passion and and i love doing it and the fact that i can make a living doing it and be here with my wife in an area that is not you know living in a 300 square foot apartment in new york city you know i have family in new york i, I love new york but i we, we don't want that <laughs> We we definitely don't want that so it is absolutely possible to do it you have to be willing like we talked about go out there and get it and people always say how do you start well honestly you can start in your community. There's a lot of community theaters if you're looking to get into acting to decide even if you want to do it, because a lot of people will say, "Well, I need to start taking classes," and I need to go or I didn't go to school for acting. And acting is a continuously learning job. It is something, kind of like real estate. Things are there's always things that are there that you have to that you didn't know that you learn, and it's always one of those things. If you are not continuously learning. From either your peers or people that you're working with or directors or anybody, producers or anybody, it's not the business for you. You have to be willing to make decisions and put yourself out there, but you also have to be a sponge at the same time. And the bait, the first. I would just recommend for anyone that is interested, start with you know a community theater, or find a local commercial, or you know look up some things that are going on. There's always student films. A lot of universities, uh, film students are always looking for people, and those are a ton of fun. I mean, I I used to do when I was starting out like zombie films and they do makeup and everything. It was a ton of fun, but it's really good experience. And as you get into it and decide this is what I want to do, you start, you can start investing in, I want to start taking classes with certain people. I didn't get my union card. I, I passed on it. And actually now there's a whole thing about it because I'm not planning to go to New York or LA and the area that I live in, there are equity houses to, but there are also other non-equity houses that you can make a living working at, you know, because if you have a union card, there, there's a, there's a difference. There's a lot of stipulation, but places like New York, LA and Chicago and bigger places like that where theater is huge, those are important. It's, it's a lot more important, but those are just the steps that you need to take. So you got to decide, is it for me? And you got to just go to auditions. You got to keep, you got to keep going to auditions. It doesn't stop. You know, I, I'm not. Until you get to that, what Emily Blunt, you know, John Krasanski, whatever, any Hollywood A list or George Clooney type of actor, when they're calling you, right? You know, I I guarantee Harrison Ford hasn't had to go to an audition in probably 20, maybe 30 years. (laughs) But I mean, there's plenty of people that if you hear how they started out, they got into it in different avenues. And that's what I loved. I've heard stories of, I'm talking Oscar winning actors that started as casting directors and then get into acting, right? I've heard of people that, like myself, didn't get into it till they were in their 20s in college and things like that. I, You know, I was, I've always been a performer, and I love it. But there are ways to to do it. And one is just look in your own community where you're at. That's the start. And you can find theaters or community events and things like that that you can get involved with. That would be the first step that I would tell anybody that's interested into it. And the more you dig and the more you deep and the more you network as you continue to grow in the industry, you're going to find different opportunities. And that's when you start to maybe do regional work and find ways to, you know, if your schedule allows it. But that's the other key to it. You have to make the choice because yeah, you can, you, you can do it. Right. It's it's like, real you can say, I'm going to dabble in it. Right. But until you make the full plunge, you're not going to see either the rewards that you're going to get from it or the pitfalls that you've been kind of the safety net is still there. Right.
0: 100%. And when I made the decision, I made a conscious decision to change what I told people I did when somebody asked me, well, Dustin, what do you do? Oh, I used to say, I used to work. I do technology for the g- county government. I this is what I do is my job. Instead, after I realized that's not who I am, I'm an investor. When I started telling people that I am a investor or an investor, that's when doors started opening up. Oh, you're an investor. Oh, you know, how do we do it? Can I, eventually now everybody knows me as an investor and I got people all the time saying, Hey, can I invest my money with you? Can you just take my money and buy properties that I make money off of you? Anyways, so I a hundred percent agree. And one thing that absolutely you said that we quick, like you quickly went over, but it's huge and crucial is to be learning all the time and being teachable. If you're going to be just a regular employee, where you're working, you're being told what to do, you don't need to learn a thing. It's literally, they tell you, do X, Y, and Z. Put this sprocket in this hole and boom, and you're done. That's where you're not learning. If you're going to be successfully unemployed, if you want to be an actor, you want to be an investor, if you want to do anything that actually takes learning, that is going to be worthwhile in the end, having delayed gratification, working hard now to eventually be, eventually be like Tom Cruise or something like that, or being like a Brian Chambers where you actually get lots of jobs. You could eventually get there, but you have to continually learn. And I do wanna to touch on one last thing because you said so many great things in all that is the networking that you must do. Like you need to be around the people that are acting, be around the people that are directing, be around the people that are doing, anything that is in that business, if you're not around them, they're not gonna know you. And on top of that, the reason why Harrison Ford or you know these big um, movie stars—they don't have auditions because their experience, their everything that they've done in the past has proven that they are what they need. If you're just starting out, nobody knows who you are. They don't have any. You don't have any experience to show them, or enough where they say, "Yes, this is the person." You have to go to auditions. You have to actually make yourself do this. Just like if somebody comes to me, "Hey, Dustin, I want to invest in real estate. I need to." get other people to give me money because I don't have enough money. I'm like, you don't have any experience. Like, you don't have a track record of showing people that you've done it. You got to get that track record first. The best thing is to be around people. Okay, so we're finding uh Brian, we're finding, let's say, theaters and we're trying to go to auditions. We're we're trying to and you I want to quickly touch on, we could jump out of that, but you said you didn't get what is it, the um the the union, you didn't pay up beat a part of the union. Like Talk just briefly about that. Why we should or shouldn't.
1: You know, it's kind of a uh, catch twenty two with with the union. And, and like I said, a, a union card, especially in theater, they call it actor, Actors Equity. Uh, you know, a film, it's SAG, right? And these are basically the, they're to the help protect the actors to, of you know not being taken advantage of, and that's why these were created uh, essentially that they could be worked to death, right? And you know, when you get you. To get in these unions, you have to work in equity houses or on, you know, SAG-affiliated productions and things like that. So you work a certain amount of weeks to accumulate points to let that get you into the unions, and then you have to pay dues. And then when you go to places, a lot of times, at least in theater, Actors Equity, what it does, it makes sure that they have to see you. So it doesn't matter doesn't matter if they've cast, if they have like a a thousand people, if you are in the union and actors equity and you show up to a theater and you want to audition or you put your name down and they have to see you. So it's, you know, if you're a non-union member, they don't have to see you. There's no rule that says, Oh, we got to let them in. You know, we've already seen, you know, 400 people today. Sorry, we've got it. It's cut off. Right? So there are advantages to that. Now, this is where it kind of becomes a catch twenty two because it depends really where you're living. You know, where I live, there is a smaller amount of equity houses, and a lot of those houses utilize the same actors or many of the same actors through multiple productions, right? And and they're brilliant actors. I mean, these are people who I, I have worked with some of them, and I love them and and go to see them all the time, and they're they're wonderful. But some of those actors can't work for these other houses that could pay you and you could do well working in some of these other houses, you know, it's kind of like, well, I'm kind of shrinking my sample size of where I can work. If I want to stay in this city, or if you're one of those actors that likes to travel, okay, maybe the union makes more sense for you. Again, I mentioned the New York LA scene because that's a bigger scene and it's very, very different. So those are a lot of places like Houston Actors will get their work in equity houses where it's a little easier to gain their points and join the union, and then they move, and they go to, these, to, go to L.A. and New York. And, and that's great. For me, I want to be here, and I don't mind doing the regional stuff. So right now, it doesn't make sense to
0: – You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
1: Join and limit myself of where I can work because non-union actors can still work for those houses. It's not like saying you have to be equity to work with those houses. But if you're equity, you just can't work with certain other non-equity houses, if that makes sense. And so it just it really sure depends where you are where you are, and you're kind of limiting. Now, not to get too deep down this rabbit hole, but recently with COVID and everything that had happened, the Actors' Equity Association actually for the next two years has opened up their doors to anyone. So if mm. you've worked in a professional setting and been paid as a professional actor, you can join. And you have the next two years to decide to do that again. It's kind of like, well, does that make sense for me? You know, uh, well, yes. Now I don't have to worry about getting my fifty-two weeks of working with a certain house or things like that, and I can join the union and receive some of these benefits. But that's where it's like, is it a benefit? So that's where you have to kind of decide what works best for you. And and that's a kind of a positive of being an actor. You can say you know, or being your own boss, (laughs) you know, freelancing, being like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. I'm going to go do this, this, you know, so it really, really depends. And so that's kind of the whole thing, at least with the the theater scene with actors equity. you know, I don't do a lot with, with SAG. I do mostly independent films and commercials and things, but it's usually non-union. But, you know, there's
0: similar avenues that you have to navigate uh, when doing film as well. So a couple of things come to mind. Number one, we have to know how to act, or at least be able to act in order to get paid to do it. So number one, should we get coaching, take classes or something? But from there, should we start acting for free so that we can get a you know reputation of doing some acting, or is there a way we could jump right into start making money? Like what are your thoughts on all that? It depends the person.
1: Really? It depends the the dedication or the previous experience you've had. If you have no experience whatsoever, some people have a natural uh, talent and ability that just comes out doesn't mean that they make the best actors. I, I've worked with several several actors that have been doing it for for many many years who are wonderful people, but you know would I classify them as the best actor I've ever seen? Not necessarily, but I recommend starting again with a community theater or something within your in your own area. I don't think you have to necessarily jump right into classes. I, I think the classes are a wonderful thing because I've taken classes and coaching. And I do coach personally as well, especially a lot of younger students. But it's very, you know, it depends on a budget at that point. What are you willing to, to spend going forward, especially this to a, a job that you're or an industry that you're not sure how much you want or how you want to go forward with that, right? So you're, you're deciding I'm going to be doing – I'm going to be doing this and then, you know, a year goes by and you're just like, well, this isn't for me. So I recommend starting out and doing performances and auditions, mostly in community events, things that you can do for free, because you're going to work with many, many people who give you so much feedback. Just working with people is one of the best ways. You're going to work with directors. You're going to work with singers, dancers, choreographers, you're going to learn a lot more off the bat by doing that without having to start paying for things.
0: I love that idea. And I think it's as you're progressing and number one, Jeff, you're just literally have no acting experience in the past, just starting to, to try it. And then once you start realizing it, then putting some money towards it, like you give it, Oh, for me, it always goes back to real estate because it's an easy example. Um, instead of paying for coaching and stuff right away, might as well get some free stuff online, like, Read books that are, I don't know, $10, $15, $20. Um, listen to podcasts. Like Do a lot of research to see if you want to do it and then even meet some people.
1: Yeah, there's so many resources that you can you can utilize that don't require. And again, that has to, the passion and desire, that's where we talked about earlier. The passion and the desire to want to do it has to be there because that's when you're going to dig up a lot more of these resources and you're going to find so many more things and you're like, this is really neat and this avenue. You're also going to learn what you where your strengths and weaknesses are going forward. And sometimes as you go forward, you develop things that become a strength and things that you used to be considered a strength now might be more of a weakness that you have to kind of work on. So it's really a balancing act and it's, it's really, it's really unique. And I love storytelling. And I know some actors don't like to say storytelling, but essentially, we are. We're giving a glimpse of, of portraying events or people and showing this side uh, of something that no one has looked at yet or in a different light. And it's really neat. And I've always found human behavior very interesting, which is why I've kind of gravitated to to acting. Uh, and it's just been a joy to, to continue to do it. And also, as an actor, you start to learn that there are people that you can help along the way, right? You know, it's kind of like the pay it forward. Uh, and 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 you also, here's a little quick tip, because everyone's like headshots, right? The headshots, I, I guess back in the day, used to cost. I, I still remember my first headshots. I paid a couple hundred bucks for a professional photographer to do headshots. These days, with the way the cameras are and the way everything is, and there's so many people that are doing photography, you could find uh, people that are building their portfolio that want to say, Hey, uh, can you do headshots for me? And they're like, I would do it if I can just use your stuff to help my portfolio, or they'll do it for a, a really discounted price that you're not having to pay. And you get just as good a headshots as you do from some of these really top level photographers. Um, so, you know, starting out, those are some quick, easy tips for you to do, uh, you know, and you can even go online and you can look at other people's and see what they're doing and say, Oh, I can do that. You know? So again, being very resourceful and a go getter is a must in the business.
0: That's a- absolutely. So, what are some mistakes? You don't have to actually go through the mistakes, but I want to know what are some pitfalls that we could run into, and then how do we not fall into those?
1: Uh, be prepared. <laughs> That's probably the biggest one, right? Uh, if you are not prepared, well, if you're not prepared, let's just an audition, right? If you're auditioning for something, don't just walk in there and expect just to do it. (laughs) You know, you need to, if it's music, you need to have, you need to know what your cuts are. You need to be prepared. If you're expecting to do a dance call, you need to have the proper, you know, clothing or, you know, a footwear that you're supposed to have and pay attention to those things. There's, There's a difference between just putting yourself out there so much like flooding, flooding just constantly. Oh, I'm gonna audition for everything under the sun that that's fine and great, but if you just walk in and do the same thing, you know, and you're not prepared and they say, Okay, read this and you just Okay, and just do it. You know, maybe they if they gave you the sides prior to the audition, absolutely look at those before you go in. I've seen so many people that show up unprepared. It's it's unreal. And personally I have when I was starting out I would just start to go because I was all about just going to auditions. This is why we talk about pitfalls. Um, I had gone to so many auditions and there was some that I was just like, oh, I've been to so many. And I would just start walking into them as if it's just like door after door after door, right? But each one, there are differences when you walk in that door. And I will never forget the time that I walked in. I did a great job with my song. I knew I had my book ready and I they asked me to sing. And then right after that I was done, they go, okay, now let's hear your monologue. I didn't read all the audition requirements, and I did not have a monologue prepared. (laughs) Luckily, when you start to do so much, some old monologues and things that you've done are are shows, and they come back to you, right? So they go, do you have a monologue? And And of course, I lied, and I said, yes, of course I do. I spent five seconds slowly turning, trying to think of what's going to come out of my mouth. I was completely like deer in headlights uh, as they're asking me this. And then all of a sudden I turn around and I just start talking. And probably a monologue from a show I did that probably was maybe about... Maybe maybe 50% accurate <laughs> came out. Um, they didn't they didn't know that though. Uh but I and I, and I luckily I, I got the part uh, you know, but that wasn't because I was prepared. And and I've gone into other auditions and walked out just horrified because I should have been better prepared. So that that's honestly the biggest pitfall of doing all of that and really researching. What you are auditioning for, and again, it kind of all stems back to be prepared. The last thing I always tell people, and it's you can't give up off of a a no because you're going to get some harsh no's. Uh, Not not so much these days, in my opinion. I think we're all about the positivity and you know thing, you know, not tearing people down. But there's still a lot. There's still a lot of that out there, and you have to just know that you're not right for every part. And sometimes it is about a look, not about how you read or how you acted. Sometimes it's just purely about a look. You you know, Dustin, I I can't be a middle-aged Asian man. Right. <laughs> and, and if they're looking for that, you know, yep. I, why why would I audition for that? Right. <laughs> you know, so you have to kind of look at those and, and what you're actually going out for. And so there, there becomes a little bit of a research. Uh, you you kind of get into a little research mode with it. And, and that's where all the learning comes in.
0: Well, wow, Brian, you give us loads and loads of stuff. Let's jump into the rapid fire round. Now, this is a rapid fire round where the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. Okay. So the first question is, you've given us lots and lots of great information, even pitfalls, which is great. Is there any other bit of advice that we might have missed that could be something that, wow, we really, really glad to have known that going into this?
1: You know, put your put yourself out there. That that That's the really biggest thing. And that, that can go for, a, I mean, we can say that about a lot of things you know, if you're nervous about going into an audition, you know, you're not the only one, you know, and, and they you know, directors and I firmly believe directors and people want to see your best. Why would they want to see your worst? Right. You make their job easier by putting your best forward, by seeing people at their best that gives them more options. And, you know, so I, I believe I firmly believe that, um, that they want to see your best. So you just have to be able to, to do it, to go for it. And you know, when, when we started our podcast, we were very reluctant to get something out there at first. And I'm sure, you know, like with you, it's just, you got to do it. You got to start somewhere. And so taking that first step, it's really big. And and I, I get it when you're, you know, versus being in front of somebody versus behind a microphone, you know, you're being seen and, it can be a little scary if you're not used to that. So taking that that breath for just a second and saying that this is what I can do. Don't compare yourself to what the person did before you or after you or, you know, the, the, the someone you admire. You're like, oh, they're a brilliant actor. I can't do what they can do. No, because you're not that person. So you need to be able to do your thing. And that's what you show in those auditions. And if you're right for the part, you're going to get the part.
0: That's great, man. Okay. What would you give yourself, your younger self? Could be, I don't know, teenager, but your younger self, what kind of advice would you give? It it could be business. It could be life or anything else that you would give your younger self.
1: Oh, I I would have given my, I would have told my, my younger self to, to not give up on uh, music and acting when I was younger personally. Uh, You know, I grew up in a large family and we were all about, yeah, you know, very big sports oriented family. Music too, but you know, I'm a second of seven and I have four brothers and you know, my dad very big sports oriented family. And I was so I, I was really concerned growing up with doing the things that my friends were doing. And I had some really unique experiences that not my my friend I couldn't spend time with my friends like the regular everyday stuff because I was doing certain other things. And I wish I would have leaned more into that and not given up so easily for the, Hey, this is what everybody else is doing. I want to go do that. And, and, and that's tough. You know, I, I feel like that's really tough as a, as a kid. Cause we, we just, sometimes that's all we want to do. We just want to do what our friends are doing. And you know, I, I, I would have just said, don't give up on it so quickly. Uh, don't, don't give up on it so quickly. And honestly, spend a little extra time, <laughs> <laughs> like paying attention in school, uh, I, I know that sounds a little like cliche, but I was a horrible, I was a horrible student, and I there was a couple things that I, I really do enjoy learning, especially now more than ever. And I wish I would have, I wish I would have put a little bit more effort. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking elementary; I'm talking like high school too. <laughs> I wish I would have put a little bit more effort into into those things and leaned into my passions. Um, instead of waiting for them, waiting for me to, to find them later. Because it wasn't really until college or as I was getting out of high school and in college that I was finding things that I'm really loving. So I mean, I, I don't know. It it's really tough. Cause I don't regret anything as I grew up. I don't regret my life. I don't regret, I mean, everyone's path is different. So it's kind of unique and kind of cool. But there are certain things I, I wish I would have had more of a chance to. Go to go to a, a different school for acting and, and do more dance and things like that and establish, you know, some of those skills a little earlier on than having to develop them later, you know, especially from what I'm doing now. So I guess you could always say that that would be what you tell your younger self, but I don't know. I guess the biggest thing is just don't give up. Don't give up. Like just, I mean, and, and again, those are like, it sounds cliche, but it's weird. The older we get, we're like, that stuff totally makes sense. I know what my parents are trying to tell me. Right. Um, and, and so it's easy. It's easier said than done with anything that we do. It really is easier said than done, but when you get a taste of the reward, it's so sweet,
0: man, that's great. Okay. Last question. What is one book? that you would, nonfiction books you would recommend, it could be business, could be life, acting, whatever it might be, but what nonfiction book you would recommend we should read? I,
1: and I, when you told me this, I was kind of laughing. My wife reads a lot of books and <laughs> she leads, I read a ton of scripts. Uh, I, I don't, so I don't read as many books as I probably should because I'm always reading scripts. Uh, you know, so I I really don't. I feel bad not having an answer to that, except what book to read. That's okay. You don't um, have to have one. But if you have a chance, I will. I will say this: if you have a chance to pick up uh, a play or a script, they're really great reads. Uh, there is one that I would say it's 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 a play called Disgraced, and it is a brilliant read. Um, and actually, my wife took me to that show in Chicago, and I actually bought the script and read it. Uh, wonderful. There's another play, and which is actually from a book called *The Chosen*, uh, and those are two that I, I highly recommend. Uh, that one deals with um, a Jewish community in the '40s, and you have two two boys uh, that are very opposite sides, a very more traditional Jewish family versus a more uh, modern Jewish family at that time. And just with the, the current events and things that are happening, you see how they become friends and the relationship between them and their fathers. And it's a really cool book, but the play is really, really well done as well. Um, so those, those would be two that I would highly recommend. Uh, you know, whether you're a theater person or not, they're really good. I wish I had a better, uh, a better book for you. I, I did, I always did love the Michael J. Fox biography. So that would, that'd be the other one. Other one.
0: <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a good one too. But I mean, we're talking about being an actor. So Actors should absolutely be reading scripts. All right. No, Brian, you give us so much great insights. People want to uh, listen to you, see what you're doing. How can people find you? How can they you know, get a hold of you online?
1: Well, we do every Friday. Uh, my co-host and I drop a podcast called Neighbors Don't Knock. And that is where we expand the neighborhood, learning about people around us. And not just around our actual neighborhood, but around the country. Because like how you and I met, there's just so many people out there that are doing unique and wonderful things. And so that's kind of our our vibe. We want to expand that neighborhood and and get to hear those stories. And you can catch those episodes every Friday, uh, pretty much wherever you hear get your podcast. Or you can go to neighborsdon'tknock.com. If you're looking and you're in the area or you find that I am performing in an area that you live in, you can go to my website, com. I post up uh, events. Uh, shows that I'm doing, things that I'm working on, um, you know, and you can always follow follow me on Facebook, our podcast at ND, ndk podcast or Chambers underscore Brian uh, on Instagram. So all those ways, and I'd be happy to talk to you, answer any questions, um, you know, or just share some of the things that you guys are going through. I, I love it. I love hearing that.
0: Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. You give us lots of great insights. I appreciate you, man.
1: No, Dustin, I I would just want to tell you, I, I just want a quick shout out to you, man, because uh, we ran into each other at Podcast Movement in Nashville, and it was really unlikely. It was like the, the last day. It was like I remember it was the party, and we're just like, huh, <laughs> yep, successfully unemployed. I was like, t- it just it sparked the interest, and so uh, I really enjoyed getting the, to talk to you. And I'm really glad that we had a chance to to, to sit down. and Thank you so much. Uh, for having me on the show, I really dig what you 're doing i you know I, you guys go check out successfully unemployed their website and and you know Uh, Dustin's apparently really doing really well in the real estate business. So I I totally trust you, man. And uh, I just want to thank you for having me on the show.
0: Absolutely, Brian. I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for saying so too. I appreciate it. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders, is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses, group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I wanna get you my free real estate investing course text the word RENTAL to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube, or if you just go to YouTube and type in Successful Unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successful Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your job. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person, share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.